You're now tuned in to Life Song Radio, a weekly podcast dedicated to accurately studying the Word of God in a comprehensive and biblical manner. Listen in as hosts Phil Ramsey and Blake Shankel dig into the Word line by line, verse by verse, leaving no stone unturned. Grab your Bible and your notebook and get prepared to study the living, breathing, active Word of God. Now, here are your hosts of Life Song Radio. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Life Song Radio. My name is Blake Shankle, and I do not have Mr. Phil Ramsey with me today. He is out for this episode, and in fact, the next couple episodes, but um, he will be duly missed. And I've got, though, a special guest, but I'm not going to introduce him just yet. I'm going to hold off, but you'll you'll recognize this the dosed tones of this person here in just a few minutes. But nevertheless, I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you to all our listeners each and every week. Thank you for those that reach out and, and via email and those via text. We just thank you so much for being able to listen to, to this uh, ministry. Uh, so thankful for the opportunity to be able to do this. We also want to uh, ask that you go to the Christian and Podcast Community. Download that uh, at your favorite podcast um, uh, uh, app, if you will. You can download that, and you've got 40 or, 40 or something so um, uh uh, uh, Christian podcast that you can listen to uh, daily. So I ask that you go to that. Man, it's such so good, such a good resource. And, and these people have been vetted, and it's so good to, to be able to hear these other Christian podcasters. But with that, no further ado, I want to introduce a man that you have known, you've heard before on this radio station. He's a good friend of mine. He lives in the West Tennessee area. One, Mr. Tom Hammond. Mr. Tom, good to see you. Good to see you. Yes, sir. It's been a while. Man, look at the new digs you're sitting in. I know. I was the, the last place I, I was with you. I was waiting for the game warden to come arrest me any second. <laughs> we have moved up, if you will, right? Uh, I mean, mightily. Uh, upscale, I tell you. Yes, yeah, since you were with us, we were in my uh, shop. And uh, it did. You're right. We were. We. Uh, it looked like we were at Bass Pro Shop. Yeah, I've got. I got to learn some bigger words <laughs> to, to do this here. This is. This is nice. Yeah, we've been blessed. We we were able to have the studio. And those that are listening, this is just podcast only. But uh, for our TV show and for what we do for Facebook Live and and things that we're able to, we have a nice studio. Uh, Phil and I. We've we've tried to decorate and we've got some. Uh, it's it's good. It's good to be here. It's good to have your own desk to sit at and your your mics are all there. I don't have to. Literally get the deer carcass out of the room and the then, decoys. Yes, you know, the, yeah. Hang on, guys. Let me move all this stuff and then we can record. So, uh, but no, man, it is good to see you. Good to have you back. Uh, what? Tell me, just catch me up on what you've been doing lately. Well, we, um, of course, as you know, um, we're trying to get a new church off the ground yep. in, you know, in Dyersburg, Tennessee. Uh, I've been really busy with that. Um, also, of course, my second book, Solving the God Puzzle, yeah. uh, came out. And, of course, I work with Ray Comfort and Todd Friel on, the, on the, uh, those projects. And then uh, Road Trip to Truth. Uh, season two. Season two is coming out now. And yeah. we're actually putting the uh, uh, finishing uh, touches on season three. And we're already talking about what, what we're going to do for season four. Uh, several more networks have picked that up. Wow. And it's uh, that, is, that has really taken off. I tell you, our youth—you came and actually sat in on some of our on road, road, road trip to truth season one with our youth going through it, and they have, they have been, they were, they were blessed by it. I can tell you, when my daughter comes home, she says, "Dad, when's the second season coming out?" Uh, 
that means you've done something really well. I think it was really well put together. And what I hear is that season two is even better than season one as far as production value. And this is something you've been involved in. Wretched Radio has been involved in. And I've heard nothing but good things. We actually have it here at, at our church. And hopefully that the youth next semester will be able to go through that. So looking forward to that. And have you had good response from it? Oh, it's been overwhelming. And, of course, Todd uh, – gets most of the correspondence the emails and things but he's he's uh, pretty quick to share those and uh it, it's it's really encouraging that uh to find that this generation this, this postmodern generation mm. really underneath it all they really do want to know truth it's good and uh that that's been the most encouraging thing to me that's good that's yeah. awesome. Well, this so the solving the God puzzle. You mentioned that. I don't want to skim over that uh, either. But your second big book, your second, uh, it's actually it's actually smaller than your other one, and I like that. Uh, it's very nice put together. Um, it is a evangelism tract, if you will. I don't know. Explain it a little bit. Well, it takes on uh, the first book. What time is purple? Kind of took on the atheistic worldview, and uh, several parents, uh, while that I'm in contact with, of course, over a million copies of Purple went around the world, so I didn't That's... talk to nearly all of them. But, <laughs> um, but they said, you know, my kids don't really struggle with atheism so much as they do agnosticism. Mm. So solving the God puzzle comes back and tries to dissect agnosticism, show these, uh, show the reader why that worldview won't hold up. Right. And uh, so that's what it attempts to do. But like Purple, then there's a gospel presentation really in the second half of the book. We are going to get the gospel in front of these people. Absolutely. That's great. That's wonderful. What a great resource. And in fact, uh, it is there for your taking. You you can go to wretchedradio.org. I think all you have to do is pay for shipping and they'll send you a box. I understand it's a little back ordered at this point. It's, it's back ordered, and actually, if uh, if you're part of a youth organization or or an organization or church, and uh, uh, th- you don't really have to order that many that they'll cover the shipping for you. Oh, wow. We won't get this gospel you, out in front of people. You don't get that very often. I tell you, between Wretched Radio and Grace to You, the, and, and even Ligonier, the resources are reasonably priced. And Don't leave out Ray Comfort. I think he got a quarter million copies of these out for us. That's Well, yes, Living Waters, too. They yeah. did such a great job. So, so thankful for that. These men and, and, and women as well are just trying to get the gospel into the hands of, of teenagers and adults and and, and seniors and it's such a wonderful uh, man so thankful for you guys heart and just for uh, gospel partners me, uh, media and those guys, those guys just doing that and and for your your generosity not only writing the book but also um uh just giving these books out it, it, it's wonderful and I, I know i've got a case of them I actually picked them up from your wife not too long we give them away at halloween so we put them in, in some bags awesome. and yeah put put them in and and uh some with some candy and them kids they come up and they loved it i heard we had some videos we were we were recording it and some of the kids oh look a bible Bible, you know, they loved it. <laughs> he quotes a lot of Bible. But he does. That's good. Yeah, it's, it, uh, but they were excited. But so. that, that's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So, well, Tom, uh, that's not why we have you here today. Uh, in fact, you have been. Uh, it's interesting. You've been going through the Book of Acts, and because um, at, at, you're pastoring a church, what the church is? We're a Grace Community Bible Church, Dyersburg, Tennessee. And and when you say pastoring, I am not a minister, a full time minister. I am a teaching pastor. Uh, we've actually, uh, I mean, we're getting this thing off the ground. Uh, we're in talks with a, a very. Uh, 
uh, competent uh, young man out of the Masters Academy. Oh man! That uh, looks like he's going to come to Dyersburg and, and take this thing by the by the reins. We're we are really getting excited That's, about how, it's, it's kind of been a it's kind of been a journey through the valley. You know, <laughs> this was an ecumenical church prior, yeah. and there were uh, enough of us there. We really felt like we needed to take this in a different direction. And uh, if, if the Lord brings this together. The way it's looking, uh, this is going to be a church in the West Tennessee area. If you follow John MacArthur, Mm -hmm. Steve Lawson, these these guys, if you follow their hermeneutic, their theology, there's going to be a church in West Tennessee that 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 uh, follows that that method of interpretation and teaching doctrinal identity. Well, that's really good. I know our um, West Tennessee area. We both live in it, and we are hungering for biblical sound biblical churches that have a good hermeneutic and that um uh, and that emphasize doctrine absolutely we've gotten so we've gotten so focused on programs and activities and entertainment even and i'm not against programs and activities it comes across like like sometimes we are but it all has to be rooted in the doctrine absolutely in the teachings of the church yep and uh and you know let's let's face it churches are looking at budgets they're looking at head counts and they don't want to get into to this deeper bible study a lot of times because they say that won't attract people um i'm, I'm going out on faith here that uh this area this part of the world where, where you and i live is hungry enough for a church that's doing this that it will uh draw a sufficient uh, flock of believers absolutely yeah, I'm, that's I'm, what we're praying for absolutely well wonderful we'll keep you in our prayers for that and hoping that yeah so we say pastor loosely you've been preaching let's just say that and you've been preaching on on the book of acts and you've taken it very slowly so in uh, you that's why we like you so much because we take so much time. i'm still not as slow as you guys oh, okay but we're, we're trying i mean i don't know when the last time we've done romans but uh but we've had a lot of things uh uh, you know, we've we had a lot of things come up, but nevertheless, uh, you've been in Acts, and I've and I've been following you because you send out a weekly email to s- several people, special people, right? Uh, but you send out a weekly email of your sermon notes, and I and I watch and I read those, and I, I really think it's good, and 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 so I wanted to reach out to you. We want to talk about something today that is probably near and dear to most people's heart today, if you are a born-again believer, if you've had any time sitting in a church, <laughs> you are familiar with this word. But before before I get into that, Tom, let me ask you this question. Faith and. For salvation, faith and. What would you put on that? I w- it's never going to, I'm never going to put anything on that. Because the moment we put something on the on the second side of that phrase, faith and, mm. you're bringing man into it. Yep. And I've seen enough of man, I've seen enough of myself, that anything about salvation that's going to be riding on me or my fellow human cohorts, I'm in trouble. Absolutely. We believe in the the, uh, the solas, the five solas, uh, and, our, and one of them is faith alone. Grace alone. We talk about that, and you're right. Is is when I hear someone say, "Yeah, faith and you need to have faith." We we hear from the the, the Catholic Church early on. That's what Luther fought in the and, and prior to that with Huss and and uh, and and Wycliffe. This this they were the, the the Catholic Church was trying to add faith and they well, were still to the this works. day. It's still to this day. Absolutely, they, the, their official doctrine is anyone who teaches that salvation is by faith alone is to be accursed. 
That, that's still there. And the people who are trying to do this ecumenical thing of trying to get Roman Catholics and the Protestant evangelicals together, it can't work when one of them's doctrine is, by the way, if you're teaching salvation is by, salvation is by uh, grace through faith, uh, you are to be accursed. I don't see how you I don't see how you put on the same jersey. Yep. No, we don't. We don't. You're right. And and Paul says if you preach another a uh, gospel in Galatians, may you be a may you be anathema, right? And so one of us is God. There we're anathema and them anathema to them. They're anathema to us. Somebody's got to get it right. You know, somebody's somebody's either somebody's wrong. Someone's right. And so, well, unfortunately, even in the Protestant evangelical side, there there are people who, and I don't mean this in a derogatory way, but sure. would, I, I would call ritualist. It it's faith plus yes some religious r- ritual. Yes, it's it's faith plus some. Uh, uh, some response uh, from the human in some kind of religious activity or, or something. And, and I, d- I don't mean this in a, in a hateful or, or mean way. There are some scriptures that they make their case from that if you don't dig just a little bit deeper, might on the surface appear to back that up. And what I try to do in the sermon, and, and I think the one that uh, the outline that caught your attention, I tried to say, no, 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 let's let's look at that a little a little closer. Let's just dig just a little bit yeah. deeper because I don't think that means what it what a lot of people may think it means on the surface. Correct. Yeah. So speaking of acts, and, and we go into that, and what we're talking about today is folks is is baptism. Is this this. Water baptism. Is water baptism. Is water baptism, this is the question, is water baptism required for salvation? Yeah, and that's and and there are uh, some pretty big, I would call denominations. I don't think they think of themselves as, as a denomination, but uh, there are some pretty big uh, segments of the evangelical Protestant church that teaches that, that water baptism is required for regeneration. So that is what I, you know, getting this new church off the ground, what I was trying to do was establish we're not going to go down that road, and here's the reasons we aren't. I think that's that's very fair, especially with a newer church, and I think it's very important that they understand that, and and I think it's very important that we understand this today, even you know even in evangelicalism, because it's a lot of times we see this baptism being added on to salvation, and we there's so many people we talk to is is yes I've been baptized. I've been baptized. I've been I was baptized in the Methodist Church, or I was baptized when I was two years old. I was baptized, you know. So so baptism is very familiar with people, but I don't know. I don't know if is is how many people could actually say that they've actually been baptized per what the New Testament actually prescribes in, in that sense. I I don't I really don't know. That, yeah. That's a great question, but uh, but I did deal with that. This was actually a three sermon series. Uh, the first sermon, uh, and I think what we're going to talk about today yeah. on this podcast, it dealt with the question of is water b- baptism required to be saved. Uh, I think the next week I came back and then I talked about uh, well, which method of baptism should be followed? What's you know what's the biblical argument? Right. I'm, I'm not worried about our, this denomination's yeah. tradition or what right. Grandma said. What yep. what can we really get from the New Testament on that question? And then I came back in the last one and dealt with uh, the technical terms paedo baptism, mm-hmm. but we know it as infant baptism. 
and where would scripture stand on that? What's really the history of that? Where did it come from? And those were the, so I broke it down really into three different sermons. I'm, we're not going to try to do all that on this podcast, but no, but we do want to, uh, I want to approach that and, and I, I want to lead this off. You're right. I want to, I want to do this in a three series podcast. And this first one I want to talk about, and I think, I think it really, you know, we want to handle this gently because we understand there's a lot of people who may listen to this come from a different faith, but what we're going to do is we're going to try to back this up from a biblical standpoint. Um, but you've been in Acts and let's just, let's just read the verse real quick of what has what may cause people to say why baptism needs to be part of salvation yeah it's and they've got other texts besides this sure but this this is a this is one of the main ones it's in acts 2 it's in the first sermon that was ever preached to the church it's on the day of pentecost the church is really just a few minutes old yeah and uh you know you go through that whole uh, series of events uh what was going on that morning and this is the first sermon the church ever heard and uh, when the, the those who were under conviction, you know, they, they kind of panicked, really, if you read it. They realized what they'd done. They'd killed their Messiah, and they said, what must we do? I mean, it looked hopeless. And Peter came back with an answer in verses uh, 37, 38 in the second chapter. And uh, a lot of people that, that argued that water baptism is required for salvation will go to what his answer was. Mm. Well, let's just read it and let's just see, you know, so that we can see this and what may cause people a little consternation. In verse, uh, let's just start at verse 36 here. And this is Peter. Um, he has been, pre well, I'm on verse 37. Peter's already preached his sermon. He says, Now when they heard this, they were pierced to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brethren, what shall we do? This is verse 38 of chapter 2. Peter said to them, Repent. And each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. I mean, uh, baptism is required for salvation, Tom. You I mean, that's what Peter says. That, that, that's, that's what it would look like. Uh, good luck with this one. Yeah. So, uh, well, you know what? If, if we're going to take that stance, yeah. we're going to have to assume three positions, really. The first position is uh, we are going to have to... Uh, uh, be open to the to the idea that Scripture can contradict itself. We are going to have to be open to the idea that grace cannot be defined apart from merit or having to earn it. Yep. So, There's that. So we're going to have to redefine grace. And the third thing that we're going to have to be open to is that the idea that mankind is even capable of doing anything to secure his own salvation. So those are three things. If, if, the, the first thing we're going to have to say is, okay, if we're going to argue from Acts 2.38 that water baptism is required for salvation, those are three things that we're going to have to be open-minded about to, to even begin. Right. So thankfully, <laughs> there's enough other evidence <laughs> that, that we can shut the door on yeah. all three of those. Yeah, so we would use – so what you're talking about is other evidence is the analogy of Scripture, the Latin analogy of Scripture, this analogy of Scripture, using other Scripture. to. So we have this passage. We don't interpret this passage by itself. We, we interpret this passage not only in its immediate context – Correct. In its chapter context, in its in its book context, but then we also look at it in as we interpret it via how does other authors lie, what does other authors say about salvation? And so we're looking at and what do we, they not say about salvation? That's exactly and right. that's really really more where you're going. Absolutely, with this absolutely. And so that you're exactly right. So that's why you say is is if we believe this, if we trust that okay, water salvation, water, uh, water baptism is for salvation, then you're saying is is that 
it's then scripture elsewhere is contradicting this. It's, it's, it's going to contradict Ephesians uh, chapter two, where Paul says, "For it's by grace we're saved through faith, and this not of ourselves, lest any man should boast." That you, you are not going to be able to reconcile Acts two thirty eight and that passage in Ephesians chapter two. Uh, you're never going to be able to reconcile that. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah, our, our faith, faith alone, and that's what we talked about. It's not faith and. We talked about it's faith alone. And even, even in Romans 4 where um, Paul talks about Abraham was credited righteousness through his faith. faith. And the just shall live by faith. Faith, yeah. And that doesn't mean just uh, – a lot of people say, well, that just means we'll live our day-to-day lives here on earth by faith. I think it does cover that. But I think what the real truth there is the just shall live eternally. By faith. We're yeah. talking about eternal life. Absolutely. So, but you know what? I can see a lot of listeners right now who have come out, out of a tradition that says, you know, water baptism is required. I got to have more reason mm-hmm. than just than, than just to shut the door on those three ideas. Because guess what? I can read that verse just like Blake just read it, and I see what it says. And you can point to it and says it says it right here in Scripture. You guys are about Scripture. This is what it says. But but fortunately, you know what? We can actually start breaking that Scripture down and seeing that that's an incorrect interpretation of one key word in his statement is the word for, mm. F-O-R. Mm. Very interesting. If you go back and you read that verse, uh, he says, Repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you know, actually... We have to go no further than that to really see that this is not saying what a lot of people think think it's saying. Yeah, this is a very important point. And, and if you're listening, understand this. I want you to explain this, Tom. And I think this is very th- – you're right. This is key to understanding this verse right here. And I think once you get past this, once you explain this, it really is – it's really hard to go any other way. So let's let's talk about this word for. And it's just a preposition here. Very simple three-letter word. We see it uh, every day, all day long. But what we don't think about are all the different meanings we have for that word. Hmm. Now, let me back up and say first, this is translated from a Greek word, ice. It's pronounced ice, just like we would say frozen water. It's actually spelled E-I-S. Uh Ice works in Greek the same way four does in English. Hmm. It's got a lot of different applications, and it's got a lot of different meanings that people it, – it, it's so subtle that we use the word four, mm-hmm. and we don't even think about the definition we're using in any given context just because we, we're so used to the word. Yep. But I'm going to give you an example of what I'm talking about. Okay. There are three ways that we use the word four, F-O-R. We use the word – uh, it, it means in order to obtain. Okay. 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 Here's you know I was in the fertilizer business for a long time, agriculture fertilizer. Right. And I would tell a farmer, put down a lot of nitrogen for a good corn crop. Use use a lot of nitrogen for a good corn yield. In other words, use a lot of fertilizer in order to obtain a good corn yield. And the people the, that interpret uh, Peter's uh, answer to the question of what must we do, that's the, that's the definition they use. Be baptized in order to obtain the forgiveness of your sins. Hmm. And if that's the way four is to be used there, guess what? They're right. Water baptism is required. Yep. But wait a minute. There's all kinds of different ways we use the word four. Hmm. Let me give you another example. 
a doctor says to you, Blake, take two aspirin for a headache. Now, is he telling you take two aspirin in order to obtain a headache? No. He's saying take two aspirin because you already have a headache. That's interesting. That's interesting. That's very okay. interesting. Okay. Okay. So we're starting to, so we can see that, yeah. So because of or as a result of, four and can mean that. So now four means Peter could very well be saying, uh, be baptized because of the forgiveness of your sin. Okay. All right. Okay. So you said a third one as well. There's a third one. It can also mean with regard to. Um, an example of that would be, I hope this podcast is, is really good for clarity's sake. I hope you and I teach a good lesson tonight for the sake of understanding, for the sake of clarity. We could also interpret four in, in Acts 30, uh, 2.38 to say that. In other words, uh, uh, be baptized uh, be baptized. F- for the, for forgiveness's sake. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yes, yes, much more closer to the because of. Now let's go back to the three things we had to open the door to. Okay. If we're going to interpret Acts two thirty eight to mean you have to be bad, water baptized to be saved, we said we've got to open the door to that Scripture can contradict itself. We've got to be open to the idea that grace is not really grace. And we've got to be open to the idea that man can do something to save himself. Wait a minute. I've just come up with two legitimate definitions of the word for that keeps us from having to be open-minded to any of that. That's right. That's right. The the definition that you you talked to, talked about, that second one actually gets you out of that pickle in which it would contradict Scripture. So now instead of, let's go back to, now when Peter, instead of reading it, Peter is saying, uh, be baptized in order to obtain the forgiveness of your sin. We can just as easily, and ice in Greek allows you to do the same thing. Peter is saying, be baptized because you have already obtained the forgiveness of your sin. Mm. Just like a doctor says, take two aspirin for a headache. You've already got the headache. Well, so I would, so let's just keep going with this, this time is, well, how do you know which one is right? I'm going to start with the premise. Scripture cannot contradict scripture. And we have to come with that presupposition. Do we not? Well, we do. We do. There's actually arguments to back up why we can do that too. But just for the sake of, of this podcast, yeah. uh, we're, we're going to, uh, uh, we're going to start with the premise. Scripture cannot contradict scripture. Then I can go to uh, a lot of other places in scripture. This word ice, you ready for this? Uh-huh. It's used almost 1800 times in the new Testament alone. I think Paul uses the majority of it. In Paul, Paul, Paul loves this word. Paul, Paul uses the majority of it, but it actually it, it, it shows up. Uh, uh, if you want the exact numbers, one thousand seven hundred and seventy-four. Good. So. Right? I'm glad you come up with that. Yeah. If you are looking for trivia night, folks, you there can you go. put that in your bank. There you go. Keep make a note of that. <laughs> but here, here is. Uh, it, but it's it's in, uh, translated in a number of ways into our English translations. This ice is not always translated for f o r. It's translated as at or into, uh, and I can give you examples here of scripture where the word ice in our when I, when the English speakers got a hold of the Greek manuscripts and started putting it in these English versions that we use, they didn't always use for f o r. So you know we can go into that if you want to, but but here's the thing: ice 
is a very fluid word, and it does not have to be cornered into any kind of idea that it means in order to obtain. That's just what jumps out at people, and I don't really know why that is. It's that, that's Could a, it be our English language, mostly? I think it's probably the way we uh, use for most commonly. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, it's and and I think there's also a bias toward it, toward with a lot of people wanting it to mean that we want to feel like we can do something to yeah. get our salvation. Yeah, we we want the natural tendency. We want to feel like there's something uh, tangible. Yep. yep, yep. Uh, and, and, and or you know, and it may not be that. Maybe well, you're supposed to feel a certain feeling, or maybe you're supposed to get a certain emotional high at the moment of salvation. That that and that you hear a lot of pastors put a lot of emphasis on that. You have to know the exact moment you had to feel this certain way and. That that is totally foreign to the New Testament. Well, absolutely, and 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 baptism was it not? It was it it was an well. We're going to get to this of what it actually is, but it was a death sentence. Once you you were you were identifying that I'm with the Christ, the way, and ultimately it was a death sentence. When, when we were to, when they were told count the cost. There was a real cost in that culture and in that society. Yeah, when, yeah. So, so we're looking here. Yeah, exactly. So this this word ice again. This well, is just being a good. Oh, go ahead. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, I, but let me give you some examples where it makes no sense whatsoever. Sounds good. If I like we that. In, if we interpret it as in order to obtain. Right. Okay. All right. Uh, the word ice. It shows up in Matthew three eleven. Jesus says, "As for me, I baptize you with water for repentance." There's ice, so there's ice. Be an ice. Okay, it makes no sense to in, to interpret that as in order to obtain. I baptize you with water. I baptize you with water in order that you will obtain repentance. Yeah, that makes no sense. Mm-mm. He's baptizing because they have already repented. Sure, sure. Even those who believe in water regeneration will will allow that. Mm-hmm. All right, let me give you another example. Uh. First Corinthians 10, Paul's going back to the Exodus, the time of Moses. First Corinthians 10, verse 2. And he says they were all, he's talking about the Israelites coming out of Egypt. And they were, and they all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. What does that mean? That That's ice. Okay. That's ice. Way. Okay. It doesn't even mean in order to obtain in any context there, but it's still the word ice. So ice is a it has multiple meanings and applications. And there is absolutely zero reason in Acts two thirty eight to interpret that as in order to obtain, especially when to do so forces us to allow that scripture contradicts scripture. Well, so we've got to, yeah, so we have to deal with that is, is there so if we know if we if we in Ephesians is Ephesians two eight nine, it's really clear on what our salvation is ultimately, and uh, but it so it, if we understand this Acts text any other way, it for sure contradicts not only Ephesians but other places as well. And so uh, we have to we have to look at this as as it, uh, not in order to obtain but because of. Now let's look at two other things we have to do, or at least one. The other question that then you have to answer is. If water baptism is required for salvation, why do we have so many salvific passages that make no mention of water baptism? 
Why is what? Why is you know? You can go to Romans uh, in, in Romans chapter ten, verses nine and ten. If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Hmm. He doesn't say one word about water baptism there. Mm-mm. How could you leave that out right there? If water baptism uh, had to was a necessary act, yes, to receive grace, yes. So. There's actually a third argument. I, I said there was one. I, I, I'm just going to lightly touch on this yeah. because I don't. I don't think we really want to go there. Uh, if you're really into grammar and understand tenses, uh, there's actually a tense change there that goes from second person, third person kind of thing. If you really wanted to get technical, the English translators could have uh, interpreted verse uh, Acts two verse thirty eight this way. All of you, as a group, that's a, because that, that's a plural. The Greek word there is plural. Okay. Talking to his audience. All of you, as a group, repent for the forgiveness of your sins, and let each one of you, and then it goes to singular, let each one of you individually be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. That makes perfect sense when we understand what water baptism is all about. I don't think we're going to address that on this podcast. I think you want us to come back and do that yeah. on another show. Yeah. But when you start understanding the symbolism of water baptism, the message it is testifying to, and you begin to understand those things, then you will start to see that that interpretation, Peter's saying, all of you as a group, repent for the forgiveness of your sins. Repent for the forgiveness of your sins. And then let each of you individually be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. But the reason he was adding that second commandment there, first of all, it's the commandment of the Lord. It's an ordinance that he's told us to do. But there's a, there was a reason for that. There was a reason he needed that, that, that the church needed these people to publicly identify themselves as followers of Christ, and particularly on that day of Pentecost. Yeah, and I want to tackle that next week. I want to talk about what this, what is bad, what, what do we, so what baptism is? What is baptism for? Because it's very important. We see that. Baptism is, I mean, we it's see. It's non-negotiable. It, it, I, I, I don't want to be misunderstood. I think It's not required point. for salvation. It is absolutely non-negotiable insofar as a true, truly born-again, regenerate person. It, it's, a, it's a commandment we must obey. Absolutely. Absolutely. So we need to talk about that. But again, again, we cannot add, I cannot stress enough, is that we cannot add to our salvation a work we cannot because you did, did you know everything that Christ did upon the cross you know it it is it is by faith alone uh, in Christ alone we and, and it's our faith in Him in that in in the God Man who lived the perfect life your salvation day if you're resting if you're listening to this and you're resting your salvation is resting on because you've done something. If you've you've offered up penitence, if you've gone to a priest and you've offered that uh, and asked that priest for uh, ninety Hail Marys, uh, if you've if you've gone to uh, and, and you've been baptized ten times, uh, if you've been baptized once, but if your faith is not in Christ, you and, do not have and what he did and that, absolutely and what he is what not only not only what he did on the cross, but how he lived his life, his virgin birth, his resurrection. Our faith has to be in that. That's what we change the whole gospel. 
you changed the entire. I'm not trying to cut you off, but, You're I, fine. but I want to squeeze in one statement, and then I'll get out of your way. Yeah. Where this really hit me, Blake, um, and, and it's been a while back, but I have thought about this through the years a lot of times. If there was anything we could do to secure our salvation, what God put through Jesus through in that spring of probably A.D. 33, A.D. 32, A.D. 33, what God put Jesus through in that week, if it wasn't necessary, if mankind could have still saved himself apart from that, I could never get that reconciled. What kind of God would put his son through that if it wasn't all riding on his son's shoulders? Mm. Yes. And that, for me, ended the whole turmoil in my thinking about it. And I knew right then there was absolutely nothing man can do to secure his salvation or God would not have done that. He, he wouldn't have done that to Jesus. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our Christ, our God, took on flesh became one of us, totally sinless, walked this earth sinless, went to the cross. Upon the cross, that final week, bore torment and torture and flogged and, and, and spit upon and chastised. And, but that wasn't even the worst of it. Christ went to the cross, and upon that cross, God poured out His wrath upon Christ. The wrath that you deserve, Tom, that I deserve, the wrath that if you're listening today, the wrath that you deserve, if you're in Christ, if you have placed your faith in Christ, in Him alone, not in anything that man has done, not in anything that a priest has done, but if you've placed it in Christ today, He has taken that wrath that you deserve, that eternal punishment that you deserve, He's put it upon Him. Now there's no condemnation. No condemnation. He has given you His righteousness. Baptism can't do that for you. And never will. You can be baptized till you know every tadpole's name in the creek. <laughs> That's we're gonna we're gonna end on that statement right there. That's good. Baptism does not save you, but it's very very important. And let's talk about that next week. Let's so come back next week and join us for another episode of Life Song Radio. We're gonna tackle this issue of water baptism and why it is important. Why did Peter say this here? Because there's a reason he said it. We're going to look at that a little bit more next week. So we'll hope to see you next week for another episode of Life Song Radio. You've been listening to Life Song Radio. You can follow us on Facebook and YouTube. And if you want to continue to study throughout the week, check out the resources available on our website at lifesongradio.com. See you next week for another episode of Life Song Radio.